0: And I'm thrilled you're here. Thank you for coming. This is a bit of a practice morning, okay? So it's not quite a rehearsal, but there are many elements of this morning and indeed last week where we're just sort of practicing and getting used to being in a new space. Uh, because as Adam's mentioned already, obviously next Sunday, the 20th, is our launch here at Quad. So this is the Sunday we're advertising. So Really, last Sunday and this Sunday, whilst there's still meetings of us together and worshipping Jesus together, there is a sense of getting used to uh, a new place and getting used to a new venue. So there are still things that we're tweaking, still things that we're learning, still things that we may change in time. Uh, So please bear with us in that. Um, You know, we'd we'd value your feedback over the next few months as we get used to being in this uh, space um, but so far it's good, isn't it? Do you like it here? Yeah. Right. Um, you're looking very comfortable in those chairs. Yeah. I mean, some of you are looking too comfortable in those. Have you got a double seat there? You'd, it looks like you've got a double seat there. It's, I think we might have to. It's interesting, when we look around the building for the first time, we're thinking, I've oh, got double seats. So some people will be thinking, hey, get here early for a double seat. Other people be thinking, oh no, I hope I don't get a double seat and who might I uh, sit next to in this sort of squashed space so you can decide for yourself which category you fall into. Um, but, you know, so far it's great, isn't it? It's a really nice venue. The guys here have been very welcoming to us. And um, somebody said to me earlier, there's a lot of seats here. And uh, that's absolutely the intention. Uh, that our focus is very, very much on people who aren't here yet, and we're going to be inviting, and uh, that's what we're going for. Uh, next week particularly uh, if you were with us uh, before the summer you'll know that we we talked about going on an adventure didn't we the sort of the picture that I felt God speak to me about was adventure and uh, we had a bit of a picture that we used to help us to go for that person climbing the rock and uh, next week is part of the adventure so us here now preparing for it and then next Sunday is part of our adventure uh, with God part of the journey uh, that we're on I was asked in a, uh, a newspaper interview this week why I thought Jubilee had grown. Now, arguably I should have prepared better for this interview and had some uh, snap phrases just o- off pat, ready to, ready to roll. Uh, but the, the guy phoned me uh, in, in the evening. I was just coming in, in through the door from Asda, sort of plastic bags in hand, phone goes off and it's, it's a reporter. And he's saying, why do you think Jubilee has grown? And uh, I can't remember the answer I, I gave him. But thinking about it subsequently, I, I guess there are a few things. And uh, the first thing would be, obviously, God's grace and his blessing. Because the Bible makes it really clear, Jesus is the one building his church. You and I, we're just giving him something to work with. Um, so any, any, anything that we see amongst us, any growth, any people being saved, added, etc., is God's grace and his, his blessing. Let's, let's make that real clear. But I guess there are some things that are important to us that I think have helped us. And I guess the three words would be word, spirit and friendly. And word, we're committed to God's word. We really are. We're committed to teaching it, reading it, understanding it, applying it, believing it, living by it. We're committed to the word of God. We're also committed to... The Holy Spirit and the presence of God in our meetings, particularly, and in everyday life. Word and Spirit together, they don't have to be one or the other. Sometimes you find churches that emphasise the one uh, at the expense of the other. We're we're doing the best we can, the best we know how, in going for both. And we're going to keep going for both, Word and Spirit. But the other thing is being friendly. And you might say, well, Graham, it's not very spiritual, is it? (laughs) But you know what? I think it's important. And often people say to me, I got a great welcome when I came and uh, you know, it was great to see a really friendly church. I, I, st- I, know, I, I can't quite get it into my head, but I still hear stories of people going to churches and no one speaking to them. I mean, it's just horrific. You know, even today, you know, even in this day and age, I still hear stories of someone saying, I went to such and such a church, but no one spoke to me. I really hope that never happens here. I don't think it does. I think, generally speaking, we're a pretty friendly bunch. And we've talked about that a lot over the years. I want to just re-emphasise that again as we go for the uh, big Sunday next Sunday. And um, I guess I want to make it really clear that having a welcome team doesn't exempt us from being welcoming and friendly altogether. Now, I'm just looking for somebody in a welcome team. Hannah, can you stand up a second for me? Thank you. So the welcome team have got these lovely snazzy badges on. Look at that. Wonderfully modelled there. Thank you very much. Um, so you might think, oh, that's their job now. Now I can come in. I don't have to be friendly. I can just sit in the double seat and snooze. <laughs> no, no. Listen, it's all our job still to be welcoming people. Those guys are going to help us and, and serve us well to you know, welcome people into the building and chat to them and, and to follow people up as they come as well. But actually, it's all our jobs all of us, it's up to all of us to chat to people and to welcome people. So, let me ask you a question. Have you invited people to this? Have you invited people? Have you still got people? Actually, I know I haven't got around to inviting so-and-so yet. As you go out, um, Graham's going to give you a, I think we said a wodge, didn't we? It was our technical description. A wodge of these invites. And uh, my challenge to you and request, please, would be could you distribute that wodge this week? Be it you're inviting friends or work colleagues or people you live amongst or or know, or or maybe if you've done all that, you might want to leaflet your road or something. I don't know. Whatever you do with them, please, could you use them this week? Because after next Sunday, we're going to have to chuck them away. So I'd much rather use them and have uh, them out uh, with people being invited to next sunday if you want to do stuff online adam said it already you can go onto our facebook fan page and invite people through that you can send them an email you can do all sorts you might be able to phone them up talk to them face to face whatever but please let's be inviting people to next sunday and just a few things about next sunday okay so if you're visiting us this morning then thank you for being here i'm thrilled you're here uh, this, this is a little bit in-house, but you can be included in this as well. So I don't, I, I don't feel excluded, please. This is for all of us. And there are, there are some things that I just want us to, to go for next Sunday, okay? If you're up, up for this, there's going to be a little list, all right? You can probably guess what the first one is. Bev, you're a genius. Thank you. Be here early. I'll just take it the next, the next level. Generally speaking, visitors get here early because they're often not sure where the place is or where they're going to park or how how long it's going to take to get there. So generally speaking, visitors often come early. And in order to be able to welcome them well, for them to feel that they've come to a place that's got some life about it, can I ask you guys to be here early? My request, if you want a time, I'm going to say half past nine. Okay, that is the challenge for next Sunday, 9.30. Some of you are sort of just sinking back into your double seats, uh, choking on it. But that is my challenge and request to you because we want to serve people well, don't we? There is nothing worse than somebody coming here for the first time. They make the effort, they find the place, they get here early. They walk through the door and there's like two people here. You look around thinking, oh man, what have I come to? Because actually they walk through a door and there's 40 people here, and there's a bit of a buzz, and atmosphere and some excitement in the place, then that looks like something's going to happen, isn't it? That's what we want to generate next Sunday. So my request, please, is to be here. and I say half night. OK? That's number one. Number two: smile. Please. <laughs> smile it looked like you're pleased to be here at half nine. You might want to practice that this week. Uh, <laughs> please smile. Please be friendly. Now, even if you're not having a detailed conversation with someone, just to say, hi, great to see you. Welcome. Come in. Do you know the way? It'd be great if people as they came got lots of that. It doesn't mean that you're going to have to have a long conversation with someone. Just say, hi, great to see you. Welcome. Do you know where you're going? Things like that. Okay, let's all do that next Sunday. So talk to people, make them feel welcome. And, and I guess the challenge for all of us, me included, is to talk to people you don't know. I mean, we, we need to work hard at this. I need to work hard at this because my comfort zone naturally is I will veer towards people that I know and that I know I can have a nice conversation with. It's going to be comfortable and easy. If I'm going to speak to somebody I don't know, I have to think about it first think, well, I need to do this because all sorts of things go through my mind. What if I don't like me? What what am I going to say? What if I can't think of the next question to ask? See, I think of those sort of things. So sometimes what I do is I walk out of a room and walk back in it thinking, right, I'm going to go straight to that person. So I have to do something physical to force myself to do it. You might think, oh, Graeme, surely you wouldn't do that. Listen, I do. And maybe some of you guys do as well. So the challenge to all of us is to, to go for it next week. So actually, although I'm saying that's our challenge next week, <laughs> actually that should be our challenge every week, shouldn't it? And think about it like this. If you were inviting a friend over for dinner and uh, you, know, you, you said to somebody, hey, why don't you come over for dinner on Friday night? You'd make sure you were there, wouldn't you? before the time that they would expect it to come round you'd make sure that you were prepared either had got the food or you knew where you were going to get it from if it was a takeaway you know you would prepare for it well you'd want to host your friends you'd probably tidy up the living room <laughs> put away the uh, the mess of, of the week whatever it might be you know you you, you would you prepare for it i wanted to ask us to prepare well for next sunday is that okay because this is, this, is a, this is big for us, and as we're saying, we want to see lots of people here next Sunday who wouldn't normally come. And lots of publicity has gone out this week. We've got some great coverage in the Telegraph. It's on Radio Derby this morning. And lots of people I know have been invited already. I want us to say, come on, let's go that, that extra mile this week uh, to invite some more people, and then really go for it um, next Sunday morning. Is that okay? Please join us tonight if you can. We're going to pray for next Sunday tonight at Aston Court Hotel from 7 till 9. If you can join us then, please do. We're going to pray, ask God to bless next Sunday. Ask God to be amongst us. There's some other things we're going to pray for in the life of the church as well. So I want to invite you, please come tonight if you can. Okay, that's, I think, everything about next week. I don't think I've missed anything. I'm looking at people who might think I've missed something. We good? Okay, so you know the deal? What time are we going to be here next Sunday? 9.30. 9.30. Say it enthusiastically with a smile. What time are you going to be here? Wow, there's even a smile. There's a happy smile. Very good. No, no, no. You need to be at 8.30. Some of you guys are thinking, wow, i don't only been to 9.30. Wow. Because the musicians and the production guys and others on setup get here at 8.30 now. So thank you for serving us, you guys. You serve us really well. And you've got it well-sussed in a new venue. I'm really pleased and impressed with what you've done. So well done for that okay you might want to be grabbing your bible in just a second because you might think well, it's a bit strange that it graham's talking so early i want to talk this morning about worship and uh, i felt it was daft to have a long worship time and then preach about it surely better to just have a couple of songs to focus us on god then to talk about it and then we're gonna uh Spend some time worshiping God together. So I don't want to talk for too long. I'm going to try not to talk for too long, um, because it's one of the things I want us to emphasise. See, we've got this lovely, uh, plush, brand new uh, building. Uh, uh, the uh, the guy on Radio Derby has said to me, uh, his his way of introducing me was saying, "Well, I hear you, I hear Jubilee's now got a brand new £11 million building. How did you get that?" <laughs> I I like it being introduced like that. That was good. I had to confess it didn't actually belong to us yet. Um, <laughs> but anyway, we've got this spangly new venue, brightly coloured, well-produced literature, a welcome team with posh badges on. And you might think, oh, there's, there's lots of things going on there. Oh, but there are, just, there are some things that are important to us other than that. All those things are important, especially in our culture, in our day and age. We, we need things like that. Literally that looks smart and we're welcoming and sit in a nice venue. That, that's important. But listen, it's not the most important. It's not the most important. I want to look in the next few weeks over some of the things that are most important to us as we look at building the church Uh together as we look at working with what God is doing. And one of the most important things is about worship and worshiping God and about honouring Him, engaging with and worshiping Jesus. Because you could think, I know it'll be easy to think, oh well we've now got this like little stage here and some lights and oh now it's all about the band. They're gonna play to us and sing to us and entertain us. No, no, no. Actually our values in worship haven't changed. And it's those that I want to look at in just a second. Sometimes you hear people say, you know what, I didn't get much out of worship this morning. Well, I think we need to remind ourselves right early on that worship is for God and about him. Now, the wonderful byproduct is that he blesses us. But actually, it's about what we're giving to him, about how we're blessing him, about what Jesus is receiving from our hearts. And it's worth saying, just right at the beginning so what about in the Bible what's the Bible got to say about worship we've got a, a few minutes to look at this together before the band come up and we're going to spend some time worshiping Jesus again well in the Old Testament so in your first half of the Bible in the Old Testament before Jesus came worship involved priests and uh, and Levites it involved rituals it involved sacrifice of animals Pretty messy, I guess, really. And uh, even the high priest only got to enter the most holy place, the holiest of holiest, once a year. And uh, even on that occasion, we're told that when he went in, he had a rope tied around him so that if he went in and died while he was in there, they could pull him out without having to go in and get the body. It was such a holy place that you know he just didn't go in. Like that. And that was sort of worship in the Old Testament. But in the New Testament, it's different. Because the Old Testament looked forward to something. So there were sacrifices of animals which represented and looked forward to something different. So in the New Testament, we find Jesus coming. And if you know your Bibles, you'll know that Jesus was the one that made the complete sacrifice. He died on the cross, was risen again for your sin and for mine. So so no more are you going to the priest and saying, I've sinned. And the priest getting a lamb and, you know, slaying it and and all, all this. It doesn't happen anymore because now Jesus has paid the price. Amen. We also look really happy about that. I mean, it would just be very messy up here, wouldn't it, with goats and lambs. It would just, wouldn't be great? (laughs) But now Jesus, the Lamb of God, he's paid the price completely, totally. No more sacrifices required. He's done it once and for all, completely finished with. So now you don't need a priest. You can speak to God direct. Now you don't have to go to a, a priest and say, what do you think God says about this matter? You can ask him yourself. And you know what? He'll answer you direct. So now, a leader's job is not to offer sacrifices. Hallelujah. I'm pleased about that. It's not to be an intermediary. A leader's job is, is to guide and to, and to help coach and to lead and to uh, do those sort of things, not to be between you and God, because you've got access to God direct. And that's the, the thrilling message, I guess, of the New Testament. Now we can all enter in. Now we can all hear from God direct. Now in the New Testament, we're all priests. So in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, Peter says this, But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness." into his wonderful lights. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, now you have received mercy. You see, we can all enter into God's presence anytime. anytime. Any time. So not everything, even that God has for us together, will come through me. In fact, much of it will come through you. Because we all have access to God. We can all hear him. We can all speak to him direct. We all have the Holy Spirit helping us to to do that. You see, we've got the fulfillment of Joel's prophecy. Remember Joel's prophecy? In the last days, God says, I'll pour pour out my spirit on all people. And all, surprisingly enough, means actually all. It's not just individuals from a particular time, particular occasion, particular place, not even just leaders, it's everybody. We all get in on this deal now. And we can all enter God's presence at any time. We can all be filled with the Holy Spirit. And this should then lead to dynamic, wonderful times of worship together. See, when the church gathers, there should be a dynamic that happens because suddenly you've got in one place a group of people who love God, who love to worship Him, who are able to to sense what the Spirit is saying to them, to hear from Him. And there should be such an excitement and a passion and a dynamic that happens when the church comes together. It's thrilling. See, last week we talked about baptism in the Holy Spirit. That is a sort of starting point, I guess, to all of this because we get in on what God is doing. The Holy Spirit helps us with that, and uh, helps us in worship. So what does New New Testament worship look like? What does the Bible have to say about it? Well, if you want to turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 14. I'm aware that some of you might think, oh, well... Haven't we looked at this before? Haven't we covered these sort of things? Haven't we spoken on this before? The answer to those questions is yes. But I just feel it's worth underlying and emphasising again as we're in this this new season. Sometimes we need to be reminded of things, even even when we know them, don't we? 1 Corinthians 14, chapter 26. Paul says, What then shall we say, brothers? When you come together... Everyone has a hymn or a word of instruction, a revelation, a tongue or an interpretation. All of these must be done for the strengthening of the church. If anyone speaks in a tongue, two or at the most three should speak one at a time. And someone must interpret. If there's no interpreter, the speaker should keep quiet in the church and speak to himself and God two or three prophets should speak and the others should weigh carefully what is said. And if a revelation comes to someone who's sitting down, the first speaker should stop. For you can all prophesy in turn, so that everyone may be instructed and encouraged. The spirits of prophets are subject to the control of prophets. For God is not a God of disorder, but of peace. So there's some instructions there that Paul gives to the Corinthian church. And in Ephesians, Uh, Chapter 5, Paul says this. Do not get drunk on wine, verse 18. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Speak to one another with psalms, hymns, spiritual songs. Sing and make music in your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So what does it mean? What's the Bible saying here? Well, to start with, Paul says in this passage in Corinthians, When you come together. When you come together. Let's just focus on that word for a second. Because the assumption that Paul makes there is that you are going to come together. The assumption of the Bible is that you will gather together as the church. And that might sound obvious, but in this day and age there are lots of people who think, that's not important, don't need to do that anymore. It's not, you know, it doesn't, isn't necessary. It's not what the Bible expects. The Bible is saying when you come together, this is what you should do in your meetings. The writer to the Hebrews says, do not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. So it seems even then some are in the habit of giving up on that. Listen, friends, let's not be in the habit of giving up on that because it's what God has given us to do in terms of To help build the church it's important that we meet together, gather together, worship Jesus, hear from him, receive teaching, be encouraged. These things are still important. So when you come together, it's also worth saying we don't come together to be entertained. Now I love listening to these guys, they do a great job, they serve us really well week by week. But we're not coming to watch them, we're not even coming to to sing a few songs that they they start. Because worship is not a um, spectator sport. It's not like going and watching, um, I don't know, some sort of sports match where you're sitting on the sidelines watching what other people are doing. But rather it's far more like you getting in on the game and being involved in what's happening on the pitch. Worship is participatory. It's for everyone. Who contributes? Everyone. Everyone. What's contributed? Well, Paul gives us some examples here, doesn't he? Hymns, songs, prophetic words, revelations, tongues, interpretations. Paul's describing this sort of New Testament model of meeting, isn't he? And the Corinthian church, we know, was so full of the Holy Spirit that their meetings were a bit chaotic. It had gone a bit wild in Corinth. And Paul was writing to bring some structure and order to them. Well, I don't think we quite have that that problem yet. But we need to look at what Paul's saying. So how can we learn from this? What can we do? What can we do in terms of our worship? Well, I want to encourage you to start with. Be eager to contribute. Be eager to contribute. Be expectant to contribute. Some of it's even to do with a mindset, isn't it? It's the mindset of coming. Oh, I'm going to come, sit in the comfy seat, and watch what the guys do, sing along. I like the songs. Or the mindset is coming. I want to come this morning and give, not just give money, but come and give myself, give my worship. I want to come expecting that. Hey, God may speak to me to give me something to bring. You see, so it's to do with our mindset, isn't it? See, if we come not expecting God to meet God to speak to us, probably He won't. Whereas if we come expecting and asking God to speak to us and give us something to bring, give you something to bring, then I think there's a much higher chance of it because you're in the mindset of thinking, well, God could use me this morning. God could give me something to bring. I've got a part to play here. And listen, you have all got a part to play. Please hear me on this. You have all got a part to play. It's really important that we understand that. You know, we should almost be falling over one another, wanting to bring something. There should be that sense of wanting to rush in and, and bring these contributions to worship God and to bless one another and to help us as we worship Jesus together. Remember, we're based on the Word of God, but we love the presence of God as well. It's having those times in our meetings where we're just waiting on the presence of God, God speaking to us through his Holy Spirit. Well, lots of times like that. And a person leading a meeting might need to steward some of that and help coordinate it, but it's not all going to come through then. And if there are lots of contributions, and I hope increasingly there will be, then it may be there won't practically, physically be time for all of them. Because I'm making the assumption that some of you at least want to get home in time for dinner. So there might have to be a, oh, would we go for that contribution or that one? Not sure. And, you know, we're, we're learning as we go. And it doesn't even mean that you have to necessarily bring it from the mic. Because, you know, you might be able to pray out from, from where you are. You might be able to bring something from, from where you are. Johnny, I don't want to put, I'm going to put you on the spot, forgive me. Can you stand up a second for me? Just, just grab your Bible and can you just read a couple of verses for me? So imagine you were bringing something during the meeting. It doesn't, doesn't matter what it is right now. Use a voice that you normally use. Okay? Did you all hear that? That was, okay that was, a, that was a good verse, was not it? Well, let me ask you a question, okay? Did you hear that? Could, could you hear that? Was that okay? You guys over there, you heard that all right? You guys over there, you could, you could hear? All right? Um, I'm gonna, can, can you do, do another thing for me? Can you go to the back for me now? Okay. I won't read the, he went out and no, no, don't, please don't read that one. <laughs> that, that would not be good. You might think, well, Graham, why are you doing this? I think for two reasons. <laughs> Firstly, to, to illustrate the point. But secondly, just to check it does work. So go for it again, Johnny. Okay, in the last days, the mountain of the Lord's temple was established as chief among the mountains. Okay, great. Right, Johnny, stay there for me. Matt, stand up. Now, you read something out from where you are. Okay, Johnny, could you hear Matt? You could. Okay, thanks guys, you can both sit down. Okay, so wherever you are in the room, you can probably pray out, read scripture, that sort of thing, from where you are. Okay? You might just need to raise your voice a little bit, but just because the acoustics in here, you know, you, you can do that. So you don't have to come and bring it from the front, okay? So please don't think, oh, it all comes through the mic now. No, it doesn't. We can still all contribute together. If you've got something that you think, oh, I just want to check it out, got this prophetic word, not sure about it, does it really fit in, then please come and speak to the person leading the meeting who will be sitting in the chair just there. Number number 14 it is, okay? And it's red. That's not helpful. Nice of them are red, Adam. <laughs> number 14, okay? There you go. But it doesn't, you don't have to bring it through the mic is what I'm saying. But if you want to check it out first, you think, I'm not sure, then please do that. And let's be listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Let's be saying, God, what, what are you saying in this meeting? So I'm not just saying bring anything for the sake of it. I'm not saying that. What I am saying is be listening, be sensitive to the voice of the Holy Spirit, saying, God, have you got something for me to bring here? Is there something that fits in there? Is there something that's going to help lift us in worship? Is there something that you want to say that's going to encourage us, help us respond to God? That's the sort of thing we should be saying together. And and seeing what God says to us. And you can do that just from just from where you are. Please don't, don't come saying, Oh, but I'm not good enough. I, I, I can't do that, Graham. You know, I know, I, I, I'm no, I, I just couldn't do it. I'm not, you know, I've had a bad week, or whatever excuse you might want to bring. Listen, because of God's grace, you can. Okay? This is what the book says. The book. It says this. Okay? You can enter into God's presence, not because of what you have done, but because of what he has done. It's not about you. It's not about whether you had a good week or not. It's not about how hard you tried this week. It's not about how good or not you've been. It's about what Jesus has done and accomplished on the cross. It's because of what he has done that we get to worship him. It's because of what he's done that we can enter into his presence. Amen? OK, so, so don't say, oh, Grandma, I couldn't because of whatever. Listen, you can. You can. And because you can means that we all can together and we should all be therefore eager to do that as we gather together and worship as church. That's the sort of thing we want to be going for. Now, I know that some of you are naturally more confident than others. Some of you are more bold, than those, and some of you think, oh, but I'm not sure I could pray out in, in a meeting. I understand that. Listen, the very first time I prayed in a meeting, I, I forget how old I was, I was a teenager, I was at school, and I'd started a school Christian union. And it got to the particular lunchtime we were due to meet. And it suddenly dawned on me, I was a bit slow, it suddenly dawned on me that, I was going to have to pray out loud because I was leading this thing. I'd never done that before. And I was rather sort of forced into the position of having to do it. I hadn't got a good understanding of delegation at that point where I should have said to someone, why don't you start in the meeting in prayer? Perhaps that's what I should have done. But, you know, i didn't. didn't never done that before. And I suddenly found that I had to do it and it was okay. I survived the experience and over time got, got more used to it. So I want to encourage you, go for it. Even if you think, oh, I'm you know, not sure I can do that. Listen, God can give you confidence and help you in those things. Now then, I want to consider real quick some of the, just a quick sort of how-to, okay? So some of the things we're looking for, I don't, I'm really conscious of the time, so I want to get the guys up on us to worship God again real quick. But just just some how-tos. How does it all happen practically? Well, firstly... I would suggest it happens by you preparing at home first. That's the beginning. Do you prepare to to come to worship? Do you give give time to being with God, allowing him to speak with you, asking him to give you something to bring? Do you come awake, alert, full of the Holy Spirit, eager and, and ready to worship? I have had to learn that going out late on a Saturday night is not good for me <laughs> because I'm then tired and bleary-eyed on a Sunday morning. And I'm not suggesting by, for any moment that we get all legalistic about this and say, so, oh, you can't do this, can't do that. I'm just saying, i had to learn what works for me. So what works for me is you know getting to bed at a sensible time on Saturday evening uh, and getting up at a good time on Sunday morning so I'm not rushing about and trying to get some time with God But before I come to a meeting, I found that's what helps me and helps focus my mind on on worship. So I want to encourage you, find out what works for you. I've said before that what works for me is going out for a walk. Because if I get up early and I'm tired and I sit down in a chair and, well, my prayer life isn't very vibrant at that point. The temptation to snooze is greater than the desire to pray. So for me, getting out of the house in some fresh air, walking, even if it's just round the block, is, is, is much better for me. And I find that really helps me. Maybe it would help you as well. So, you know, get with God. Come prepared to give. Come in ready, enthusiastic, eager to contribute. And then during the worship time, there'll be an opportunity to, to do that. And uh, you, you'll get an opportunity to do that. If you're not sure, as we've said, then come and check it out with the person leading the meeting. It might be that you know, we need to learn to listen to God and see. It may be that God gives you something, but it's not for now, or it's not for this context. And it may be, as lots of people want to contribute, you're not going to get a chance to actually bring it, because we're literally out of time. Ephesians 5.21 says, Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. And sometimes we do need to submit to one another and submit to the person leading the meeting, saying, look, I'm sorry, we're just out of time. That's okay. But please try again next time. Please bring it again. I was at a meeting a few months ago and uh, a meeting of, I don't know, seven or 800 leaders and uh, I felt God had given me something to bring. So I went to the person leading the meeting, uh, probably, yeah, I think it was Dave Stroud, who Tim talked about speaking at North. And uh, I said to him, I think think I've got something. And he looked at me and said, "We're, we're just out of time. And uh, there were lots of contributions in the meeting, and we'd had quite a few, and I guess that didn't surprise me. But I went back to my seats, and I could have been thinking, oh, you know, what do you mean we're out of time? You know, I'd, I'd worked hard to walk up there, you know, and then you say no to me, and uh, could have got all grumpy about it. And he, he came to me after the meeting and said, hey, thanks for being so gracious about it. it we we're just, were just out of time. And that's all it was. He wasn't making a judgment on me. Wasn't making a judgment on my contribution, he was just saying that we're just out of time. And so if, if sometimes we say to you, look, it's there's just not gonna be a chance to get that in. Please don't take it personally, please don't be offended, please don't think it's anything about you. It might just be a simple fact as the clock's against us, and that's just how it is. But try again. <laughs> Go for it next week instead. Okay? Is that all right? We are out, out for that. You can we can do that without taking offense on one another. Is that is that alright? Looking for some feedback here. That's good. Excellent. Some smiley faces. Very good. So, what we're we looking for? Well, prophetic words, revelations, you know, that, that God speaking to us, that sense of uh, God uh, speaking to us, particularly about maybe a certain subject or uh, about a particular passage in the scripture. Paul says, eagerly desire spiritual gifts, especially the gift of prophecy. So, I want to urge us, let's eagerly desire it. Let's eagerly desire it. Because the prophecy strengthens and builds up and encourages—that's what it does. So I want to encourage you. Eagerly desire God to use you in this. Prophecy is God speaking to us. God giving us a fresh realization of biblical truth. The prophetic doesn't contradict Scripture. Let's be really clear about this. It does not and cannot contradict what God has already said in His written words. So, if you've got—if you think you've got something and it's different to what's in here, then I'd encourage you to think again and ask, God, well, what, what are you actually saying here? Not sure it seems to fit. And, uh, but it, it will tie up with what God has already said. The prophetic can be brought in several different ways. It's worth just emphasizing this for a moment. It might be that you feel God has given you a particular burden on, in your heart. Maybe, I don't know, it might be that you feel God wants to remind us of, of His grace, for example. There we are might be that God wants to remind us of his grace. And you sort of feel this prophetic burden in, in your sort of heart. Well, there could be a whole load of different ways you bring it. It might be that you pray out saying, God, I want to thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. Lord, thank you that it's not about me, it's about you. That would be a right response. It might be that you, you read a passage of Scripture that's about it, about God's grace and about him uh, providing uh, away for us about His mercy. It might be that you bring it as a prophetic word, which is uh, you might bring it. Oh, you might say, "Well, I feel God wants to say." You know, it's probably worth actually starting prophetic words or something like that. Never start saying, "Thus saith the Lord." All right, just say you know something like, I, "I just feel God wants to say this to us." So dial it down. Don't make it such a big deal. So it might be you say, "I, I feel God wants to say this to us." I want to remind you of my grace. I want you to receive afresh this morning, my grace for you, my mercy for you. It's new today. You can can take it, you can receive it. I've got it for you this morning. You might bring it like that. that. That would be a good response as well to that sort of prophetic burden. You might sing it out. You might sing a prophetic song. Lord, thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your wonderful love. You might sing it out like that or a different tune. That appropriately tie in with what the, the band are playing, if you could, you might sing it in the first person. You might you might say, "I just feel wants to God wants to sing this over to her, over us." I want to remind you of my grace this morning. I want to remind you of my love for you. It's the same sort of feel, but you might be you, know, you might sing it out that God's as it were singing over us. Same sort of thing, theme, just brought in a different way. And actually, all of those things are good. But I say, let's have a variety of them. And uh, I want to encourage you, maybe if you're used to praying out, ask God to give you something prophetic to bring. If you're used to bringing a prophetic word, ask God to give you a song. It may be you just feel something bubbling up inside you, you're not quite sure what to do with it, and it, it just sort of comes out in different ways. That's, that's okay. Let's be learning to hear what God has for us together. The safeguards the Bible gives us So when two or, three, two or three prophets should speak and the others should weigh carefully what is said. So after some prophetic words, we'll probably pause and wait and just see what God's saying to us. Just practically, I don't know about you, If you get more than two or three. I can't remember the first one. <laughs> I need to go, stop, let me just assimilate it. Let me just get it into me. Let me just see what God's saying. That's all, all Paul's saying is after a few, just wait. Just let God speak to you. Then you've got things like tongues and interpretations. That's a, a Godward thing. Prophecy is God speaking to us. Tongues are us, our spirit speaking to God, thanking him for all he's done for us. And that, again, could be spoken or could be sung. Interpretation is literally that. It's not a translation. A tongue is a, a, an unlearned earthly language or a heavenly language that God gives you and you bring from your spirit. And interpretation helps us to understand what you've just brought publicly. So when there's that public bringing of a tongue, we're, we're looking for an interpretation as well. It might be that we just all speak out or all sing out in tongues together. I, I love that, a great sort of cacophony of sound and of worship. We don't need an interpretation there. That's just us all together singing out and worshipping Jesus. And it's great to do that. We'll do that in a moment. There's a cue for you there, guys. <laughs> but also it might be that God's given you the gift of tongues just for your use in worship at home, in the quiet place and you're not sure what to pray, you've run out of words, and you can just pray out in a tongue. You don't need an interpretation there. That's just your spirit praying out to God. But if something's brought publicly in a meeting, then we're looking for that interpretation as well. So, finally, why is worship like this? Why not just go through a set pattern? Well, Paul says all of these things must be done for the strengthening of the church. This sort of worship blesses God and builds up the church. Guys, if you want to be coming up, please. This sort of worship blesses God and builds up the church. God is after worshippers. We were created to worship him. That's why we're here. Not even mission is greater than worship. John Piper says, mission exists because worship doesn't. God's looking for worshippers. And the aim of mission is to recruit more worshippers yes it's about people becoming Christians but it's more than that they become worshippers of God and get to fulfill that which they were created for so are you a worshipper at home on a Sunday in your life group you want to see Jubilee to be a worshipping church and a worshipping church is made up of worshipping people full of the Holy Spirit who love to bless God love to worship him and honour him so that's what we're going for that's how we want to do it I realise I've gone real quick there through a few things but that's quite intentional because we've got about half an hour now Before you, if you've got kids at quarter two you'll need to go and get them from the uh, children's work we've got about half an hour now we're going to respond to God and to worship him so can I ask us to stand together I think it would be good if the band lead us in uh, a couple of songs. Let's just focus back on Jesus. Let's give our hearts to him afresh. And then we're going to leave lots of space. And so I want to encourage you, even in these couple of songs, be asking God now what it is he wants you to bring. I would suggest the question to ask is, Lord, what is it you want me to bring? Not, do you want me to bring? But, what is it? And uh, then we'll see what God has for us. Is that okay? So I'm going to pray and then the guys are going to lead us. Lord, we thank you for the wonderful privilege we get of worshipping you. And Lord, we want to say afresh this morning, our worship, Lord, is for you. It's for your glory. Lord, this is about you being exalted in this place. This is about you being lifted high. This is about you being made famous in this city. This is about you being lifted up on the praises of your people. So... Lord, be lifted up now. Be glorified. Holy Spirit, please come and stir our hearts. Help us to worship Jesus now in spirit and truth that you might be high and lifted up on oh God. Amen. Thanks for listening to this Jubilee Church podcast. Feel free to check out our website at www.jubilee.org.uk on any sandown.